Welcome to season two of the Immigrant Hustle podcast. I go by the name of Noise. I am one of your co-hosts for the show alongside my brother B-Magic. Together we are two rappers from the Brampton area, part of a rap group called Moving Cool. And we did this podcast as a way to talk to creatives and entrepreneurs and artists from the worlds of music, film, fashion, education, food, sports, and so many other realms to talk about their stories of migration and how they were able to turn that hustle mentality that came with surviving in a new world and in a new environment and and reapply that and repurpose that within their own creative fields and endeavors. Now, for those of you that have stuck around from season one, we thank you for your dedication and for your patience. We know season one was a little bit of a trial and error. We were learning as we went. I kind of liken it to, you know, season one of The Simpsons. You know, the voices aren't quite right. The animation is not quite right, but the heart is there, right? And that's all that matters. If you're a brand new listener, we really hope you enjoy this podcast really grew out of the fact that, you know, myself and B-Magic, we live in an area in Brampton within the greater Toronto area that is very multicultural, very ethnically diverse, and we want to honor those stories. You know, not every place in the world is like this. You know, we grew up around people from different ethnicities, different backgrounds, different languages, different migration stories. And within that, there's a lot of richness that sometimes gets overlooked within the way the mainstream society tends to kind of gloss over what multiculturalism and diversity really is. So we wanted to try to bring some authenticity to have people tell their own stories. In season one, we stuck to our comfort zone just a little bit. Because it was our first go around, we did tend to talk more so with people that we were most comfortable with, people that were closely within our friend circle. Season two, we tried to venture outside of that just a little bit. And that's exemplified here in episode one of season two, where we talked to John Singh. Now, for those of you that don't know, John Singh is a world-renowned endurance athlete. He's also a motivational speaker, a personal trainer, and an entrepreneur. But before all that, he was a man that left his world and his life behind in the UK to try to make a new world for himself here in the Toronto area. This is Immigrant Stories, The Hustle Reinvented. Okay, this is the Immigrant Hustle Podcast. I am your host, B-Magic. I got my brother, Noise, with me. Yes, yes. And today, we got a very special guest. Jaren Singh's in the building. What's yeah. going on, everyone? Yes, yes. England and Canada's own. <laughs> um, for those who do not know, you are a personal trainer, a, yes, a, a motivational speaker, may I say? Yes, sir. Is there anything else on the resume? Um, athlete, youth mentor. Oh just, shit! I like Honestly, to think I'm a good human. <laughs> when I first uh, ever uh, like saw you, it was like you winning like the Spartan races, and I was like, "Them shits is hard as fuck," and this guy must be tough as nails, man. I'll do my best. <laughs> uh, like always, noise. What do you want to start off with in this podcast? Um, so, when, when did you first come to Canada? Uh, I moved here September 10th, 2010, eight years ago. This guy remembers the date, eh? <laughs> Counting down the days until the 10-year mark. Yeah. Going home. <laughs> okay, so I know, like, we've had other guests on the show that are from the UK, and their family lineage within the UK kind of goes back uh, a number of years, so, like, going back to, like, the 50s, 60s. So like, where's your family originally from, and how did they get to the UK? Okay, so both my parents were actually born in Africa. My dad was okay. born in Uganda. My mom was born in Kenya. Yeah. Okay. Um, they went to India, and then from there, they moved to England. Okay. Them and their families. So oh, I'm just going to jump into, like, the, the difficult question right <laughs> here. So, like, um, in, in Uganda, was that during the, the Idi Amin era? 
Um, yeah, I mean, my dad was born in 1955, so yeah. I think it was around about that era. Okay. Wow. They, they must have some stories then. Yeah, tons of stories. <laughs> I've grown up with people from South Asia that, you know, are in Kenya, from Egypt, like different African countries. Like, do you know their story of how they, they came out of Punjab and into Africa in the first place? Um, I don't. I don't. As yeah. far as I know, I just know from, you know, them being born in Canada, mm. in, uh, in Africa, sorry, and then um, just, just, just getting out of there. Yeah. Yeah. And then just starting afresh in England. Okay. That's why I was born and bred there. How long was the transition between them moving to England versus you being born? Um, so I lived in England for 24 years. Okay. So I was literally like born, bred, like thoroughbred yeah. English, you know, and yeah, yeah. Uh, I just went through it all in England, went through school, went through university. But then when I realized like I'm not getting anywhere, I'm not, you know, I'm, 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 I like to think I'm a very ambitious person, but that's when I stepped up and moved. Okay. So literally following in my dad's footsteps, he moved from India by himself and then brought his family. Yeah. So I moved to Canada, to Canada by myself. By yourself. Yeah. Uh, where did your family uh, family get situated when they first uh, moved to England? So my dad in Leicester, my mom in Birmingham. Okay. So, and then you, uh, where were you born? In Leicester. Any brothers or sisters? Yes, two, two older brothers, one older sister. I'm the okay, youngest. you're the youngest, I'm just the like me. <laughs> the spoiled ones. Yes. <laughs> um, so, so you were born and bred in Leicester. Yes. How is Leicester like? Because I've never been. Uh, <laughs> there's a reason you haven't been. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's okay. It's multicultural. Um, just wasn't for me. Yeah. You know, I'm sure it's a great, great city for some people that are already there. Yeah. Um, it just wasn't for me. Yeah. And why is that? I have no idea. That's why I left. That's why I left, and I found Toronto, and this this is definitely the place for me. So, uh, what kind of what kind of decision was that? Like to just like go come to Canada? Like I've made the trip from Europe, but I did it as like a ten year old child, you know, where I had no say. But like for you, you know, you have your life set there. What like what what was it like to just make that decision? I kept I kept saying it for years. Oh, I'm gonna move to Canada. I'm gonna move to Canada. Then one day I realized. I'm not going to move to Canada unless I actually fill out the paperwork. Yeah. And I just took the risk. I printed it out. I filled it out. I sent it. I got an email back saying, hey, you've been approved. Yeah. I told my mom and she thought I was joking. And literally like three months later, I was gone. Had you ever been to Canada before? I, went, I came to Canada once a year prior just for my friend's brother's wedding. Yeah. yeah. And, and I loved it. I loved, loved this place. Where yeah. were you? Like here? I was here in Brampton, yeah. That's that's a funny story, man. <laughs> Came to Brampton and fell in love. You know? yeah, like so, when you told yourself, "Yo, I'm gonna go to Canada," what was it about here versus the states or anywhere else that you wanted to come here specifically? I think just because it was still a developing country, um, people's mindset, the size, the epic scale of the place. You know, I, I was always like infatuated with North America growing up. You know, with the uh, the movies, the NBA, yeah, yeah. all sorts. So I was like, all right. I don't want to move to the States for obvious reasons. Um, what's the next best thing? And it, mm. was, it was Toronto. It was Canada. So obviously you're, you're into fitness and stuff like that, yeah. right? Uh, wh when did, like, is this a thing that was important to you growing up? Like, were you into sports growing up? Like, yeah, of course. What was your childhood like? So obviously growing up in England, I loved football, soccer. Yeah. Like, I played for my school. Uh, we won tons of, like, tournaments, uh, played for different teams. Nice. Um, in terms of fitness, in terms of, like, weights and stuff like that, I, it started when I was just secretly lifting my brother's dumbbell. Like, okay. that's where it started. Like, they told me, don't touch the weights. So 
I went and touched the weights, <laughs> you know, and, and just secretly just walking out in, in, in the garage. And then from there, it just kind of just evolved, you know, yeah. started doing boxing, started doing jujitsu, cycling, running, um, all sorts. So you, you mentioned, you know, growing up in Leicester, you feel like you felt like you didn't fit in, like you didn't belong. Yeah. Um, so when you made that decision to say, hey, you know, I'm going to leave and I'm going to go out into the world. Like, what is that process actually like? It's a struggle, like, you know. E even before, like, getting to the process of filling out the paperwork, like, mentally, how do you pre prepare that yourself? Because I've always wondered that with my own parents, like, leaving behind Punjab and say, I'm going to go to this other side of the world. I don't know what's there. I don't know what awaits for me there, but I'm just going to do it. So, like, mentally, what was going through your head other than, other than you know, the, the, the interest in North America? Like, preparation-wise, and just what, what was your thought process before getting to that point of actually filling out the paperwork? I think, I think it goes beyond just um, the interest, the interest of, uh, you know, another country. It, it's when your heart is set and stone on what you want to do, yeah. you'll follow through with whatever action needs to be taken. Mm -hmm. And I think deep down my, you know, I deep down I knew like my destiny isn't here. Like my purpose is, is somewhere else. Yeah. That it doesn't, it, like whatever, you know, excuses I made for myself, I just ignored them and I just pushed through and did what I needed to do and came here. Yeah. And that's also with that mindset that also helped me come, overcome a lot of struggles that I had here. Mm. So c can you expand on that a little bit? You know, you mentioned you know, just that feeling of not belonging somewhere. Yeah. Like, how do you, how'd you, how'd you deal with that? You know, we're talking about teenage years, early 20s. Like, these are very formative years. A lot of growth and transformation in these years. Like, how, di how did you come to grips with the fact that, you know, you don't, you feel like you don't fit in and you don't belong? Um, you embrace it. Mm. You embrace it. Like, a lot of people will search. They'll go from, like, one circle to another circle or one art to another art thinking that they don't belong. My mindset is embrace it. Okay, if I don't belong here, then I'll create my own circle. I'll create my own art, yeah. you know? And, and if you look a few years ago, there was so many comedians and musicians and so many people doing their thing, but no one was doing it through fitness. But I was. Right, and right. I could have easily questioned myself and said, oh, should I switch it up and do something else? But I stayed true to myself. And I think staying true to yourself will help you overcome any struggle. Any struggle. Wow. That's well fucking said. <laughs> <laughs> I see now why you're the motivational speaker. Yeah, so just, just embrace it, man. Embrace yeah. it and enjoy it. Yeah. And David Goggins said it, man. He's like, you got to switch off the noise and you got to, mm. no, you know, no pun intended. <laughs> uh, like, you got to switch it all off and, yeah. and embrace the struggle. It, like, in, not enjoy it, but embrace it and it will help forge who you need to be. And that's like a, it's a common theme in some of the greatest fucking achievers in this yeah. world is they've gone through a lot of, hardships and a lot of fucked up life to get to the point of what we call success right yeah. but that's the thing it's only the strongest will survive out always, here, right always, and that's always. the thing you have to have been able to see something to be able to navigate through all the fucking stress of life right 100 percent. and i came up with this quote myself it said the strongest swords are created in the deepest fires so no mm. matter how fiery you know whatever situation i was in i knew i would come through stronger so that also helped me through whatever was in my way that's dope I might have to drop that in a rhyme <laughs> <laughs> noise is just writing that down on the side it's on my you can, mental you can add ghostwriter to, <laughs> to the list of things <laughs> that's funny um like okay uh there's a lot of uh 
there's a lot of strength in what you're saying, right? But let's say for somebody who may not be as strong-minded as you are, right? Okay. What is some advice that you could have for somebody who wants to have a, a maybe a grip of their anxiety or, or their flaws or whatever? What What is some advice you may give to somebody who may not be, <clears throat> you know, as powerful in their mind as you are? Yeah, to just kind of expand upon your question, you know, how do you transform or grow to a point where the struggle is no longer unbearable but now it's it's a it's a discomfort that you're willing to live with all right so to answer both your questions yeah you don't you don't eat the fruit from the seed that you plant today you got to yeah. wait for the tree to grow and right. bear its fruit so everything is a process you know you never see a house being built with just one piece of slab it's one brick after one brick right, so right. you have to literally have the mindset that every action you take it all builds up everything counts every action every and and i always say this too your destiny is defined by your daily decisions so it's every single decision you make on a daily daily basis mm -hmm. that will help you become who you need to be so if you're not strong right now you need to understand you will be strong but giving up won't get you anywhere and i think that that applies to a lot of different parts in life like I've seen it, like writers talk about it, musicians talk about it. It's like, it's more your daily habits rather than your inspiration. 100%. Because inspiration, it, it's not always going to be there. It's very fleeting. Yeah. But your daily habits, your ability to just kind of sit down and even if you're not feeling it, just to push through it and get through it. 100%. Like that's, I'm, that's, not, I'm yeah. not motivated to work out as much as I want to work out, yeah. but it's, it's a habit. You know, it's right, ingrained right. in me that I need to work out. I need to, I need to stick to the program. Yeah. You know, so motivation comes and goes. It's it's dedication and discipline that gets you up at five in the morning, or you know, to write rhymes when you don't when you're yeah. not motivated to write it, but you still write it. Mm -hmm. Right. So dedication and discipline is what you need to strive for, not motivation and inspiration. Were you always that way? Like even as as a youth, as a teenager, or did that kind of did you have to grow into that? Um, I think you grow into it. Mm -hmm. I think at the end of the day, you can choose who you want to be. And I know that I knew that I needed to be dedicated to get to where I want to be. Yeah. And I just stuck with it. I got here, like I'll, I'll say like a faster, like a uh, fast paced version of it. But like, yeah. I got here, I'm living in a basement apartment. It was like a bachelor. So literally my living room, my bedroom, my kitchen was all one room. Yeah. Um, coming from a, a, an incredible house back home and having everything done for me yeah. to, 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 to now switching and living in a basement where I got to do everything myself. It's very humbling. It's very, very humbling. And um, so I uh, had no friends. I knew nobody. I wasn't on social media. I didn't have anything. I didn't have a cell phone or anything. You know, I didn't contact yeah. my family for months um, until I set myself up. Didn't have a job as well. Yeah. I ended up getting a job at a hockey rink. And then just from there, like I said before, it's one brick after one brick. And I just kept building and building and building yeah. and just kept leveling up. Because, yeah, that's, that's like an interesting question I've had with or a conversation I've had with my parents and just other elders in the family is like, how do you establish yourself essentially from from nothing really yeah and you know it seems I, like i think that yeah. is the advantage though yeah like knowing that like i'm on ground zero and the yeah. only way to go is up yeah so that and that's what they call it it's that immigrant mindset it's that immigrant hustle like mm. you, it can't be taught it can't be bought it can't be replicated you literally will only be that way if you come from another country yeah right well that's the thing too right it's 
when your back's against the wall, you're going to fucking do whatever it takes to get it done. Yeah. Right? And that's the thing. It's a lot of us live very privileged and comfortable lives. Yeah. Right? And you had that and you, you chose to get into this. But still, there's that thing of, I'm over here. I got to make sure that this goes right. I don't want to look like a fucking idiot for, you know, moving out here. And But that's the thing. It makes you fucking... It makes you get up every day and go get it. Oh, I don't have a job. Yo, I, I, I got to feed myself now. Yeah. I can't just call mummy, daddy and be like, yo, make no, some man. rotis right now. <laughs> you know, like that, that ain't the flex no more. So it's like, you know, when, when you have to, when your back's up against the wall, you, you're going to figure it out. 100%. Right. Just like our parents did. Right. And you, you, I'm sure you started at the rink and look at where it is now. Right. And, that doesn't happen without the rink. No, never. Yeah. That's why I say so, one day at a time, one process at a time. And even now, I still have that rink mentality, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Like, I still, I'm not where I want to be, but in years to come, I'm going to be referencing the things that are happening today yeah. as a source of motivation of where I'm going to be. And, and, and that's a good thing because you are taking your own experiences and you're setting your own levels, right? Us as people like to, especially in the social media age, we like to look at other people's successes and show envy towards it. Yeah. But end of the day is if it, in you, in your own strides in this life, if you're constantly making steps forwards instead of backwards, then you are succeeding at life, my friend. And that's what we tend to forget because we always look at other people's uh timelines yeah exactly right and we go oh this motherfucker just blew up with this you know but it's like okay shit happened for them quicker but that doesn't mean that it's gonna last forever exactly right it's our timelines timeline. are our timelines and the more we focus on that the greater our journey will be right 100 and i think that's the most important thing is you got to focus on your own journey yeah not anybody else's definitely but it, you know and that's the thing it's like we're living in this fucking world where Everything is Instagram, right? Everything yeah. is, oh, Instant. let's look at each other's lives and let's look at it uh, in the uh, with a perception of likes, you know? And, oh, by having more followers, more likes, you're more popping. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's a shame because we, we dictate the way we treat people upon their engagement and their, you know, their following, yeah. you know? Just because somebody has eight followers it doesn't mean that they're not a bad like they're a bad person yeah. you know they're still a human being and no, they're definitely. still hustling and grinding to get you know food on their family's plates yeah and and it like i said it's a, it's a shame that that's the mindset now yeah you know and it's that insta insta like instagram and the main word in instagram is insta like it's everything is instant yeah. and people want that popularity that success instantly it's not gonna happen <laughs> but I, I feel like because you are very active on social media right now with yeah. your with your current work um, is it a double-edged sword in some cases? Like, it's a great tool to engage with people, but like you said, it can be, it can also be a source of negativity. 100%. Yeah. And I think, here's the thing, you got to know what you want from it. If you're using it for business, then keep it business. If you're using it as a, as a source of, you know, like, uh, like inspiration, then keep it like that, you know, but just going on it and browsing mindlessly is pointless yeah right? and that's where yeah. that's poison that's the that's just, that's what's going to poison you eventually because you're going to start overthinking okay um just to take it back a little bit so you mentioned like working at the hockey rink as one of your your first jobs like what what were some of those first jobs that you had coming to canada like what did you do at the rink what are, what, what other ways did you kind of support yourself 
Um, so with the rink, I was just at the rink. I was just like a receptionist, like a glorified receptionist. Okay. Like yeah. mm-hmm. that's what it was. And then when they got tired of me, or the first time I slipped up, it's like, all right, see you later. Yeah. All right. I was I was handing out flyers at Finch Station in the snow. You know, yeah. I was um, without winter gloves, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Um, That's a true Englandy, right? right? There. <laughs> <laughs> well, you tried, you tried to like. I yeah, yeah. Um, I was, I was doing uh, lawn work, like aerations, do, knocking on doors, selling like um, asphalt. Like I did all that stuff to yeah, get yeah. by, you know. And I'm not ashamed of it. Yeah, no, of course. A lot of us have had the fucking shittiest <laughs> jobs in the world, man. But um, like what? Like obviously, when you moved here, was there any thoughts of what the fuck your career was gonna be? Like, what was there any? any thoughts of what you were going to do for the rest of your life at that time no so you're just, just dying, you're jumping in the deep end just being like my life will be better over here without even knowing what the fuck 100 percent. That? that's you just kind of came in blind then. yeah wow yeah that's, by you know, myself yeah i admire wow. that <laughs> that's what i wish saying, i had right? the balls like, to do that because i would have been god <laughs> that's why my mentor said this to me because he knows my story too and he's like i hustle with a, a mentality that can't be taught who's your mentor shout him out uh, his name's mike guerra mike guerra yeah mike okay. guerra he's a, he's a he's a good guy though a great guy <laughs> at what point do you start to to get into the races like the spartan races and things like that and the tough mudder and these, like these really intensive endurance endurance tests and competitions. So regardless of what phase I was in in my life, I always wanted to test myself, always. I think that just was the next best thing. So my friend, my friend Duffy was like, hey, let's sign up for this race. I was like, all right, I'm down. We did the race. I think I was up to my neck in mud going under barbed wire. And I said to him, yo, I didn't sign up for this shit. <laughs> and, and we crossed the finish line. And I was like, yo, when's the next one? And we just, we just. Uh, how long was that one? That was a 5K. 5k and and that's like an obstacle course yes. the whole way yeah so you, you're going under barbed wire you're climbing ropes uh, picking up atlas stones um jumping over fire all sorts where was this one this the first one, one this was in toronto it was toronto. like in barry okay yeah like uh just a funny story like one of my mates who uh like i play soccer with like all like we're not really fitness freaks but if you put a ball in front of us we'll fucking run all day right but he, so he did one out in Collingwood, I believe, yeah. right? And I think it, it must have been like a 5K one or maybe a 10K one, some shit like that. This guy, by the end of it, told me this is the fucking toughest thing. We played some grueling matches, but he goes, never will I ever do this shit again. <laughs> so like, what was it for you that was like, are you like intrigued by tough shit? Like, is yeah. that in your DNA? Probably, man. Probably just my my warrior bloodline. Like, I just yeah. like if it's tough, I'll try it. And worst case scenario, you don't do good at it, you try again. You yeah. try again. So um, the first one beat the shit out of you, and you're like, yeah, I, I, I want to do this. I was sore for like two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> but just kept it up every year. I just kept doing more and more and traveling further. And ha- did you like? You say you played like soccer and sports yeah. growing up, but did you ever do like track and field? Did you no. ever do long distance no. anything? No, I know. I think I think I started running when I think I was at a party and my mom called me and she's like, "Yo, where are you at?" And I just <laughs> I ran home. I'm not Yo, even lying. I've done a lot of those <laughs> runs, but I've never, I've never, I've never done a lot of marathons. Um, so I ran home and and I was like, "Yo, that felt good, man." Because yeah. I had to go up a hill. I was like, "Yo, that felt good." And, yeah. and I just went for another run the next day and I just started running. The obstacle courses is what makes it more than just exactly. a fucking marathon, exactly. right? Exactly. It's, it's, it's the obstacles that really test you. You know, when you got to crawl through a pipe and then you got to go over barbed wire, under barbed wire, under sheets, 
oh man, like through snow. Through Especially the when your legs are jello. Yeah, and then <laughs> it's the competitive nature too, knowing that there's a guy right behind you, there's a guy right ahead of you. He missed a spear, he's gonna do a 30 burpees. I nailed the spear, I'm ahead of him now. It's that competitive nature back and forth. That's, what, that's what's addictive. Um, so you started doing these races and like you started, you started getting medals for this shit, no? Um, yeah. How many races in? Um, the first one. I mean, you get one when you complete. Yeah. But when, if you hit a podium, like in your age group or overall, you get a check and you get like a different, like a podium medal. Okay. That's crazy. So now, now, like what's the biggest one you've done? Like the longest one? Um, longest one was the Ultra Beast, uh, 52 kilometers. Jesus. I've done that one three times. <laughs> what? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Man? I just did it in BC and it took me uh, 14 hours. Where was it in BC? Kimberley. Okay, in the no mountains. Okay, in the mountains. but somewhere yeah. beautiful, I'm assuming. Amazing. Yeah, beautiful BC. Uh, but the best race and the most pre- prestigious race was the World Championship. I was on Team Canada 2016-2017 uh, for uh, obstacle racing. So I'm proud of that. Yo, man, that's Rep a the country. Don't be so humble, man. <laughs> Brag about that shit. You were hooked pretty much from the first race. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the main reason I was hooked, it wasn't about the metal. It wasn't even about the physical like beating that you get. It's something called frame of reference. And okay. what I mean by that is it's what you mentally take from the race. You just re- you just went through something grueling and now in your everyday life you hear somebody complaining about the rain or they got a flat tire, it's like who cares? Because nah. you know you went through something worse. Every and I day. feel like that's a healthy mindset. It is. It's, it's like, perspective. It, it is perspective, but it's like it's it's that thing like people are so easily fucking upset. Yeah. And I and I am too. I'm a, I get frustrated easy this and that. <clears throat> but the second <clears throat> I get a second to breathe and whatever, get over my tantrum, then I go, yo, this ain't shit in the in the in the, in the grand scheme of yeah. things. It ain't nothing. Now it ain't fuck all. Like check this out. Like I spoke about motivation before about how you know I'm not always motivated to get you know. Get a workout in. The same no. comes from waking up in the morning. I'm not always motivated to get out of bed um, and go to work but, and sit in traffic. Tell me about it. Now, <laughs> now, check this out. From what I just said, I'm not motivated to get out of bed and sit in traffic to go to work. So I'm talking about a bed that it's a luxury. Yeah. A car that's going to be in traffic and a yeah. job that some people don't have. It's all about perspective. And Definitely. you always got to be grateful. And my older brother told me, gratitude makes what you have enough. So I always keep that in the back of my mind. Um, when I was young, I went on a professional uh, football soccer trial in Brazil. And I lived there for about my four months, right? But I, I was living with one of the players who okay. was a local lad. And he wasn't the greatest rich like in, in like wealth, right? Okay. So I was living in, like, like say, what a band would be in India, right? But the people that I saw there, man, constantly had smiles on their Always, faces. Yeah. There's people that are living in probably houses that are uh, that are the sizes of um, certain people's walk-in closets. Yeah. Right. And they're happy. But happy as fuck yeah. every day, smiling, enjoying, you know, having having a good time, uh, socializing with their neighbors, doing whatever the fuck they got to do, right? And it was there where. Cause I was still, I was, I was a young mind, you know. My my parents lived through through the hardships so that I could have a healthy life. Also, I'm the youngest, so I got spoiled. But when I I lived through this, I was just like, yo, I got this, I got this whole shit wrong yeah. in my head. Yeah. I got this whole shit wrong in my head, 
you got to be thankful for everything you fucking got out here. 100%. I right? Would, but, I, it, 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 but that's the thing. It's, we live a very sheltered lives, a lot of us, right? Did you notice a lot? Like, did you have this strength when you were living in England? Or was it something that grew greater once you kind of came here and, like, started from scratch? I think deep down we all have it. And with me, I can only speak about myself, but I think just my journey and my, the process has made me become who I am. Yeah. So I don't see myself as being strong. Other people just perceive me as being strong yeah. because of my actions and the way I speak and the, the way I conduct myself. But I genuinely believe we all have it within us. It's and, a huge mental fucking battle, yeah. man. And speaking about how you, were, and how you saw people in shacks and they were happy, I went to Hawaii to do a race and it was the same thing. I saw people that had less than what I have and they were way more happy than I was. No. And I remember sitting on the top of this canyon and I was just sat there and I was just thinking, I was like, why is that? Because these people are living. They're not just existing. No. They're actually living. They acknowledge that they're alive. And I think that alone, like they don't compare things with each other. You know what I mean? So anyone who's listening to this, anybody who's coming up and that's on social media and comparing themselves with other people, I got to let everyone know that don't. You got to just trust your own journey and be happy with what you have, but still be ambitious to what you don't have. Yeah, I think it ties into just the whole idea of mindfulness. I don't know if you incorporate a lot of like mindfulness in your own daily practice, but I've started to to get more uh, in depth with that. And yeah, a lot of it is just being present in the moment yeah. and just acknowledging, acknowledging each breath, acknowledging each sound, acknowledging each sight, each color. And I think we tend to take that for granted. Like you said, we tend to overlook a lot of the small things, but it's really those small things that give us that gratitude and that appreciation for just everyday life. That, that's kind of something that's been lost. Yeah. You know like why? Within our generation. Do, 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 you guys, do you guys feel like you know why? Um, I feel... I would assume yeah. technology. I feel Everything technology is, is easier, easier, right? Yeah. Everything is kind of sensory overload yeah. to the point where... I can't remember the exact quote, but it was Alan Watts. He said something like, the state of the world now is like, there is so much going on that nobody knows what to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. A, look at what the fuck we have in our hands, right? It could yeah. take us anywhere in the we fucking the world. world. Yeah, we <laughs> right? We could look up anything yeah. in the fucking world. There's so many distractions from what the fuck is going around you at that time. And that's the thing. If there's so many things that's happening. How are you going to take in the beauty that of you just breathing? You fucking looking around and ha like, what the fuck are we living in right now? <laughs> like, you know, I don't know. That, that probably so <laughs> I probably sounded like such a stoner there. But like, yo, that's the thing. I have those epiphanies all the time. Like, yeah. what? We, li we live in the notification era, right? Like our phones go off. Our watches go off. Our laptops go off. We're yeah. so synced with so many devices that we're not even synced with ourselves. You know, and that's that's where a bar right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I I think that's why that's what's distanced ourselves from you know being living in the moment. It was so sure. living in in who's gonna post what, and who posted what. You know, a lot mm -hmm. of us have a lot of skills, right? But we don't know how to necessarily get paid for our skills. Okay. That is the biggest problems for most dreamers out here is okay. figuring out ways to make. Your, your, your talents and your skills, your everyday job. 
when did you decide that you could possibly get paid for your talents, which is, yo, you're a fucking healthy dude, and I'm sure, I'm sure you've done a lot of research into getting better at all these things that you're doing, right? So when, when did that ever come <clears throat> into your life? Um, when I wasn't getting paid <laughs> and I figured out, yo, those I need, are, need those, to get paid. When you have a shitty job, that's when you have the best fucking ideas. Now, honestly, I, ha I remember having a conversation with my friend in England and, um, she's pretty high up in what she does. And she said, she, she okay, so I'll just, I'll just reiter reiterate the conversation. Basically, she said, okay, my, my brothers are, are, are doctors and my sister's this and that. And I'm just a retail assistant. All right. She's like, no. that's all I got. At the time, she was a retail assistant for Apple. So she's like, if this is the company I want to work for, I'm going to be the fucking best in this company. And she built her way up to the top. And, by, and she was literally like a couple of jobs down from Steve Jobs. Like she was up there. No. Like, and I said to myself, all right, if, if I'm going to be a trainer, I'm going to be the fucking best. No. Like, and I'm going to strive to be the best. Um, so just whatever I like, I just worked on my craft, man. And when you work on your craft genuinely and you care about the people that spend time with you, like, uh, I think the money will come with, when I said, when I, when I said, I want to be the best, I didn't mean the best monetarily because anybody can just check their prices up, get a bunch of money and call it a day. Yeah. For me, it, I meant, but be the best in terms of the one people go to when they want their lives changed. Because yeah. with me, it's not just about the physical. And that's what separates me from most trainers is I don't just work on the physical. It's the emotional. It's the spiritual. It's the mental. It's the whole package. All right. And that's why I always say to people, you don't need permission to be the best version of yourself. And that's what I teach people. Yeah. That you don't even need a trainer. After me, after training with me, you won't need a trainer. You can do it yourself. Well, yeah. Like I've... I I used to work out here and there. I'm really fucking bad at it. <laughs> no, like at the end of the day, it's like yo, because I like I played very high in sports, right? So it's like through that you have to fucking condition yourself, right? And even when I was in Brazil, like we were obligated one of the two practices per day. Every other day would be weight room. They fucking hit you with fucking pills that you got to supplements that you got to take. And then there's a fucking trainer telling you what to do. Right. So I've been through it. I can do it. My problem is discipline, <laughs> <laughs> as you might already know in this fucking podcast. But my problem is discipline to be like, this is what I got to do. I don't okay. see the end goal. I just keep I'm so locked into the now. OK, this sucks right now. <laughs> so it's like. Was that a thing that you had to overcome or was that like always in you? I have no idea. I think I'm just fortunate to not like have that mindset. I've always kind of known that, you know, um, it's not about the now. It's about the bigger picture. Yeah. I think it's because I was just such a big video game head and I was like, all right. What did you used to play? Everything. <laughs> So let's go, yeah. go okay, back to the right, childhood. Okay, okay, okay. Wait, Street Fighter, on. number one Street yeah, Fighter. Yes, so, sir. Super Nintendo or Sega? Super Nintendo all day. Okay, I feel you. Okay. I like Street both, Fighter, so me, I, ain't me, even, I ain't even going to start that battle. Me, my cousin, my, both my brothers and my dad, till like four in the morning yeah. or until my mom came no. and hit the controllers. Of course, <laughs> of course. Street Fighter, who's your guy? Depends on which one. Okay, Street Fighter, let's go Street Fighter 2. Ken. Ken, okay. 
Street Fighter Three was Sagat. Street Fighter Street Fighter Four was Sagat. Yeah. Um, this guy's a straight cheater. Sagat, you just know the cheater, man. Yeah. Just like, guy, man. If I want to win, I don't play to play. I play to no, win. You're right, but he was the cheat code. Yeah. <laughs> guy's hitting the fireball. You can't even walk close to him. You just keep hitting. You're not coming close. But yeah, like it. just just having that mindset that you know, like you got to go through a certain you know certain characters to get to the you know the end yeah, yeah. you know having that mindset i think I, I mean i didn't even realize that until like two seconds ago i think <laughs> um just yeah like you, you, everything's a process yeah but then, like see that but that's the thing it's like my thing was like football i got to the highest point that i could get and then i plateaued right but fucking if you were to get me to run a marathon, like 5K is dreadful to me. If you want me to play a tournament and play fucking five 90-minute games in a day, no problem. Even if I'm bust. It's because so, it's enjoyment. You're enjoying, you're enjoying playing soccer. You might not just enjoy the run, right? Yeah, I, I do. No, I, yeah. I enjoy so actually, that, that brings up a, a question that I had. Because I feel like when you're, when you're working with clients and you're kind of creating a workout regimen for them, how important is it to to find what works for them. Because it's easy to say like, all right, you got to lift these weights, you got to run this much. But if that, if that's not enjoyable, like you said, Magic, yeah. like you can't do that. It's not, it's not what works for you. Like that's how, a good question. How, how difficult is it to find what works for the person? Yo, that, you got that was it. a great segue, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Broadcast journalist. <laughs> um, again, number one, because I, I enjoy what I do, it, that's not difficult for me. Yeah. All right, but number one, uh, sorry, number two is, you, you got to be present. Yeah. Like when I'm training clients, I'm not on my phone. I'm, I'm, re I'm, I'm looking at their body language. I'm looking at their form. I'm looking at their eyes, the way they're breathing. Mm -hmm. I can tell, you know, they're not enjoying this. I'm yeah. communicating. How was that? That was difficult, but you good with it? Yeah, I'm good with it. All right, let's make it harder. Or, you know, if they didn't like it, I'll switch it up. Yeah. You know, it, there's no, like three times three equals nine. Six plus three is also nine. There's more than one way to get to, right, you know, right. their, their goals. Their, and if they don't want to do something in particular, we can switch it up. That's as cool. long as number one, they are enjoying it, and I, I communicate that. Are mm -hmm. you enjoying it? Like, the, after majority of sessions, I always say, "Tell me three things you learned in the session." You know, and just them kind of vocalizing that, like, "Oh wow, I did learn something new." That's what kind of keeps them growing. That's so, and I, I think you you brought up a great point about you know giving people the tools to the point where they don't need you anymore. Yes, I'm very like, I'm very big on that. At the yeah, because you know what. Let's let's call it as it, as it is. The fitness industry is is it's it's sleazy. It's 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 fucked up. You know, there's a yeah. lot of scams. You know, a lot of people, a lot of trainers just want to sign up their clients and then not, you know, uh, come through on their promises. Um, my mindset, call it a marketing strategy. Well, actually, it's not a marketing marketing strategy because I don't even tell people this. Is is this, when they come in, I'm I'm making sure they have a notepad and pen. Yeah. You know, so they can write down what what they did. You know, at the, at the end of 12 sessions, 24 sessions, I want to see what you've written down. And yeah. now, look, you got a catalog of exercises that you can now do yourself. Okay. You know, like your form is good. You don't need me at the end of the day. Because right, at the end yeah. of the day, like, if, like, like yourself, um, if I said, you know, this is, the, this is how much it is for a package. And it's, and, but however, if you want to train it for free for the rest of your life, what, you, what are you going to take? The trainer for the rest of your life for free. No. At the end of the day, that's not the way it works. So let me put you in a position where you don't need anybody forever and, because and, of the trust. And, and, and the that's love. what a trainer is supposed to be, yes. right? You're, you're, not, you're not supposed to have a fucking trainer for life. Yeah. You're supposed to have exactly. somebody teach you what the fuck to do. And then you're supposed to pay enough 
attention to this person that you can go to the gym and do, and it, do yourself. it yourself. Yeah. But then there's also people who are in it for the wrong reasons, like you said, who are just going to be like, okay, I'm going to just make them do this bullshit because they're not going to see too many results, but they'll see enough they'll sign up that they feel again, like they, exactly. they need me. Yeah. All right. Rather than, than you looking out for them being like, yo, let me make your life better by showing you the way to make you the healthiest yeah. you can and be. I, and, and I learned that because years and years and years ago, I, I trained this one client and I got her results. She loved it. And we ended on such a positive note. And to this day, I'm still getting emails saying, hey, so-and-so gave me your number. Hey, so-and-so gave me your email. And yeah. I'm like, wow, imagine if that did that for everybody. And that's what I do. And that's, that's the real fruits of your labor, right? Yeah. That in any industry that you're in, right? Like even us as musicians, those DMs where it's like, yo, this song that you wrote helped me get over this point in my life, right? And it's some serious ass shit that I would like, I, like me and Noise always used to talk about this being like, how the fuck did this help this person get over this, right? Yeah. But that is the power of music, right? Yes. And like a power of a lot of things. You don't have to understand why that did something for somebody, but it did, right? And when you realize that you had the power to do that, Bro, there's that that shit used to give me goosebumps and it still does. And that is greater than any fucking check we've gotten from being 100%. on a mic ever. Yeah. And and you know what? To build on that, um, like I post my stories every day. Like I post motivational stuff every single day. I, a minimum of eleven. I don't know if anybody's ever counted. It's a minimum Bro, of eleven. Bro, I see I just I just <laughs> saw your fucking your social media game go nuts because I, I caught on early to the wave of Jaren Singh, yeah. right? But the the media game, yo. So the reason the Props reason, to you, you're killing you. it. I, I appreciate <laughs> it. I know you're humble, but I gotta <laughs> say it. So the reason why I post every day is because I got this DM once and this person said, Hey, listen, I was on the verge of taking my own life. And it was your stories that kept me going. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, okay, this is, this is an interesting conversation. So I, we, we had a good conversation. We exchanged numbers and we spoke on the phone because I wanted to make sure like, you know, this person was okay. Yeah. Um, so they said it wasn't just one picture that changed their life. It was the continuation of me doing it every day. Now imagine if I had stopped. Mm. Imagine if I got bored of it and I just stopped. What would have happened to this person? What would have happened to their mindset? Yeah. So I always say to myself, there's somebody out there who's looking at my stories that needs it. And if I stop, I'm, I'm letting people down. So that's why every single day, like clockwork, I'm posting motivation. Because I mm. don't know who I'm helping, but I know I'm helping somebody. So we've heard a little bit about your story as far as you know, starting off with that rink job, being the receptionist, and now working in other people's gyms. You're now in a position where you, you own and run your own gym. Yeah, I co-own a gym, Project Rise, me and my boy Mike. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, we're just living the dream, man. Where is Project Rise? Uh, it's in Mississauga. Yo, shout out. You got to shout out the block, man. We got <laughs> yeah. to get these people lining <laughs> yeah. up, man. Uh, Project Rise, 4190, Slateview Crescent, Unit 3. Okay. Um, for now. And um, I remember this funny story. It's, uh, it's funny to me anyway. Um, it, I was on Young Street, the condos near Finch Station, uh, uh, the north of it, and I had a flat tire. Yeah. And I said to myself, okay, it's going to take me 10 minutes to change the tire and about... 10 minutes in traffic, but I got to be there in 10 minutes, yeah. right? I don't want to be late for my client because I knew I was getting paid that day. Um, so I was like, all right, it's about 10, it's about, you know, 10K, uh, sorry, it's about 2K away. I can do that in 10 minutes. So I ended up just leaving my car on the side of the road and just running. Nice. I just ran, like I, I had to do things like that, you know, just to, just to survive, just to build, just to keep going. 
because um, back then, like, it was session by session. So yeah. training in different condos, training in basements, training in houses, training families. I, like, I did it all. And then the time comes where you just say to yourself, all right, I need a hub, man. Like, I'm growing and I'm doing a good job, but I need a roof. You know, so you gotta. So where do you run into like your business partner, and when when does this idea of yo fuck it, let's start our own thing? Um, we just both of us are good at what we do, and it just the, the conversation just you know evolved into like yo like we here's the most important thing we both have the same morals and we both have the same kind of mindset where you know we want to fucking help people. It goes beyond just doing pull-ups and push-ups. And, and, and that, is, that is actually very important, right? If you're going to get into business, get into, get into business with people who are like-minded, with the yes. same morals and values, because when shit hits the fan, you're going to have to have people who think the same logic yeah. way as you do, right? And yeah, there's, just- there's a t- tons of different people, but the thing is, the more like-minded you are, the more problem-solving is going to be easy. Yeah, and I owe this guy a lot, man. And let me tell you guys something about Mike. He did 326 push-ups straight. The guy's like the push-up champion for, of Canada. Like, wow. clean form. Like, no one's, no one's going to break that record. Um, but here's the thing. We read the same books. We watch the same videos. We listen to the same podcast. We exchange notes on it. Like, we're both growing together. And yeah. that's what it comes to. Uh, here's the thing. Every day is a war. Right, and he's a guy that I'm on the front line with every day. Like I guess that's my comrade, man. That's amazing. That's amazing. Our motto for our gym is we rise by lifting others. Yeah. All right. It's about helping people, and we both have the mindset that I like. I don't give a fuck how many pull-ups you can do, how much you can deadlift. It all means nothing if you can't hold the door for the person behind you. And that's what you know we're about: helping people genuinely. Mm-hmm. You know, not just helping people because of the karma that comes with it. Like, say thank you to the fucking Tim's lady that gave you a cup of coffee. You know, open, like, pick up the trash that somebody, you saw somebody else drop. It's those things. And that is not what's kind of promoted in the fitness industry. Mm. Fitness industry is about how much abs you got, how big are your legs, how much can you squat. I really don't give a shit about any of that. Mm-hmm. It's all about how you overcome, you know, what you can take from these sessions and these workouts. And how can you transfer that to your everyday life and become a better fucking brother or sister or daughter or mother or you know a better human so it's a holistic approach it is yeah it is it is mm-hmm. it, i mean i don't like that word holistic okay <laughs> it, it, I and that, it's yeah. a weird word like yeah, anytime i see that yeah. shit i just imagine like some fucking you know sri lankan doctor somewhere oh, yeah it's <laughs> not like that like it's, it's like, i mean if you yeah. want to talk like it's 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 holistic when in terms of the movement because it's like natural movement. Yeah. So I guess to kind of clarify, the way I'm kind of using the term holistic in the sense that it's not just about body; it's also about attitude. It's one hundred percent. Yes. Behavior. It's all these things. Yes. One hundred percent. Mind, body, soul, action, all together. Yes. One hundred percent. Okay, yo, noise. Do you yeah. have any motherfucking fitness goals for this year? Yo, I'm I'm way too young to be having back pain. Okay. Yes. All right. How much? Get into it. I've had back pain (laughs) since age fifteen, bro. Same. I've had back pain since like age twenty. Okay. So back pain, man. And I hold on. Sorry, not to cut you off. Chiropractors to me are a motherfucking scam, yo. But I'm not. I don't. I don't mean that. I just. I just had one bad chiropractor. (laughs) Okay. So. So. Okay. So I didn't. I couldn't afford a chiropractor. So I just. But I did have internet See, access. that's my problem, too. I didn't even mean to talk <laughs> shit about chiropractors. No, I just no, can't like, afford them. No, like, I, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't afford one, but I, I had a fucked up back, too, and, like, fucked up knees. So 
but I do have internet access. So I did a lot of research mm. and I just learned everything myself. Even recently when I, when I got uh, bicep tendonitis, instead of going to see somebody, I was like, you know what? Why don't I teach myself? Because then I can transfer that when I help other people. Right, do you go on WebMD? I go everywhere, man. <laughs> I, don't date, I, don't, I, don't, I don't trust one website. Because my wife is like that. She'll WebMD and it's like everything leads to cancer. So yeah, I'm no, like, no, what no, the no. fuck? Like, come on, chill I out. Know, you, you can have a weak bladder. They're going to talk about cancer. Yeah, like, man. Um, fuck. Yeah, you don't want to you don't, you don't take everything with a pinch of salt. Yeah, right? no. But that, that's crazy, though. Like, yo. <laughs> you just self-teach yourself all these things. Yeah, I went to go see somebody too, and um, and he, he just made it worse, unfortunately. Yeah. So I just taught myself how to do it properly, and what I found for back pain, anyway, to to, to help cure your back pain, is um, is your hamstrings. You gotta you gotta okay. loosen up your hamstrings yeah. and your hips because everything is pulling, and it's causing your back to. Yo, this yeah. is this makes perfect sense right now because my major pains are my lower back to middle back. Yeah. To um. Uh, hip flexors to hamstrings. Yeah. Now you gotta think about it. Like we sit at home, then we sit in our car. Yeah. We go through the drive-through while we're sitting in our car. We go to work and we're sitting, and then we yeah. drive to the gym to sit on a bike. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, we're sitting too much, man. Definitely. So, get the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so just real quick, um, this might be a difficult question to answer. You probably go a lot of different ways with this. Awesome. But <laughs> Hit me. What is what do you feel is the biggest mistake that people make when they want to start to make more changes as far as working out more regularly? Excuses. They make too many excuses. Fuck, man. Well, yo, man. <laughs> I'm gonna listen back to this shit and I'm gonna be like, man. That's excuses. This is he's just pinpointing everything I do. Okay, not let me to let me work let me break out. it down and I'm gonna sound like a broken record because people who are gonna listen to this probably heard me say it before. You're always gonna be tired. You wake up in the morning, you're tired. Midday, you're tired. You come back from work, you're tired, right? You're always going to be busy. Somebody's always getting married. You know, there's always a meeting or a place to go, you know? So, and it comes down to how bad you want it. If you want to be fit, you'll go and get, you'll, you'll go and become fit. And, and we use money as an excuse too, but I see people with $2,000 iPhones, $600 Yeezys, but they can't afford a $40 gym membership. Yeah, I saw that quote on your, you know, <laughs> on your so Instagram, like, and I was like, that's a fucking bar right it's, there. Because it's the truth, right? It is, and, it and is, though. Here's the thing. Like, we spend, like, if your car breaks down, it's $200 to tow it, then it's $1,000 minimum to get it fixed, right? And that's your car. When your body breaks down, and it comes down to getting a trainer or a gym membership, what's the first thing we say? I got to think about it. What the fuck do you have to think nah. about? It's your body. You only got one. Your car can be replaced, but your body can't. That's fucking well said, man. <laughs> Way to make me feel like a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, man. Honestly, after this podcast is done, I'm probably going to, you know, push-ups. ask for your service. No, I'm definitely not doing no push-ups, but I'm going to ask <laughs> for your services. But, yo, I got married. Okay. The beer belly started coming out. Okay. <laughs> the sports stopped. Okay. So shit just Sounds like an excuse. <laughs> Fuck. Yo, See, no. I knew we shouldn't have had him on this fucking podcast, <laughs> man, because no, no. this guy's just going to make me feel like shit. The funniest thing was, it was just recently, you sent me a picture. <laughs> yeah. we gonna- and you fucking <laughs> asshole, you didn't even do nothing about it. So, this guy sends me a picture because I needed it because we we're going to post one of the, the podcast episodes. It was a picture of me magic and one of the guests. And he's like, yo... Can you crop it from the stomach? <laughs> <laughs> and of course, this fucking asshole didn't do it. I'm, I'm like, oh my oh. god, man. That's but yeah, nice. the Ted is wilding lately. So <laughs> you, you know, know what, man? Don't even aspire to like be shredded. Like, 
That shit comes and goes. I am honestly, I don't. I don't even. I don't aspire to be any type of shredded. I aspire <laughs> to just be flat stomach. Good. Be able to fucking play my sports and not fucking die. Okay. Right, and that's it. I have very simple goals. Okay. Right, so it's not like you got to fucking transform me into like Van Damme, you know? No, yeah. We, you don't we ain't trying to, to go crazy. blood sport out here, right? <laughs> we're just trying to. We're just trying Rocky, to be normal Rocky human. Stallone and Rocky Four. Great movie. Yeah. Underrated. I can watch Bloodsport any age of my life. That movie, fucking killer. Yo, Chong Lee. That's a, oh, that's a G villain right there. Yo, he's a G. I used Dragon. to be scared of him yeah. still, yeah. man. Yo, when he like takes the guy's headband? No. Yo, that shit's fire. Fuck that guy, yo. <laughs> um, oh, man. Um, do you feel like we missed anything? I feel like I learned a lot today, yeah. man. I feel inspired. I feel inspired. I also feel like a piece of shit, but you know <laughs> what it is? That's probably what I need to go through to no be able pieces, to, you yeah. know? Yeah. So we like to close each show by going around everybody that's here today and having them say something that they're grateful for. Okay. We've talked, you've talked about it a bit, is how gratitude is a big part of your, your daily practice. Um, but we like to, to take it in a different way. So gratitude for something that you might not have mentioned before okay you know gratitude for something that or for even a person that you might not have told them how you've actually felt you know what i mean just like i like that 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 unspoken thing that like you you appreciate but you never actually vocalized it before okay so um that ice ring job yeah (laughs) (laughs) yo where was it we gotta know uh the sports village in woodbridge the sports village yeah, in shout Woodbridge. out the sports village Yo, Thank shout you. out and fuck you we ain't <laughs> never looked back ever since <laughs> oh sorry so no. um sport uh the the ice ring job my brothers both of my, my older brothers just because obviously reminiscing about my childhood and growing up and stuff those guys are the those guys are the best man um were they were they ever into like these kind of things were there any inspiration started, drawn through them yeah like they've actually recently both uh started running a lot like i think both of them are pretty much faster than me now like wow. they're, they're, they're running a lot and i'm proud of them um, and I think the third one's probably Street Fighter. Because <laughs> I didn't realize it until now, but that competitive nature stuck with me, man. Oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah, definitely. Street Fighter, Ice Ring Job, and uh, my brothers. Yo, by the way, Guile was underrated. Yo. Shout yeah, out Giles. my dude, Guile, man. Guile. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, come to the crib, man. I got the Super Nintendo hooked up. Okay. Yo. Yo. Nope. That might be the next podcast, you know, the, the, the chilled out group podcast. We'll yeah. just have a straight tournament, you know, and talk shit. All right, you know I'm coming. I'm, I'm coming first. Like, I put money on it. Like, I'm winning. Oh, shit. Maybe we'll do that. We'll do a charity yeah. fucking tournament, you know. Be the, the Immigrant Hustle fucking Street Fighter tournament. Okay, I'm down. I'm down. That'll be live, yo. That there we go. Fun. We spoke it into existence. Done. Noise. Yo. What, what is guaning with you, man? Let me know. I'm thankful for... I'm not going to put his name on the show just because it's a very personal situation but i'm thankful for my homie uh, i've known him since grade seven um i was telling john earlier off air um he just recently came out of out of rehab he had uh, some issues with drinking and depression uh but he's out okay and so he's been out for about a month and a half and i just reconnected with him kind of lost touch with him for a minute and just hearing his story and hearing the growth and the transformation that he's been going through and how focused and committed he is towards changing these, these deep-rooted you know, thought patterns that we all have and just having an awareness about himself, getting to know himself, understand himself, you know, that's like 
just having like these people in your life that you've known for so long and you've seen each other grow and encourage each other's growth. You know, I'm grateful for having that relationship. Um, and yeah, I'm just looking forward to reconnecting with them and this new stage and looking forward to this new stage that our friendship is entering. Um, cause yeah, he had some dark times, but he seems like he seems full of light right now and it's a beautiful space that he's in. So, and I feel like after meeting with him, I feel more inspired and to, to rededicate myself to my own betterment. So yeah, shout out to him. You know, he knows, he knows who he is. Um, much love, man. That's amazing, actually, That's because yeah. there's there's so much into the cards people are dealt, right? Whether it's yeah. mental health, whether it's circumstances going through life. Yeah. Shit happens every fucking day that people don't show. Yeah. Right? And we're all battling our demons at different points in life. And the mind is powerful and all these things are so powerful. But the most powerful thing is when you have the control of what like your your power over these demons right yeah and it seems like your friend has finally figured out a way where he has overpowered it mm -hmm. and that th that is the most powerful fucking thing in the yeah, world man yeah. and that's good he's got a he's got a different clarity in his mindset right now yeah which is beautiful so you know i'm i'm offering whatever support i can whatever resources like oh you want to check out go to this meeting go to that meeting like this agency does this service so whatever way i can contribute towards his betterment i'm going to do it yeah yeah that's amazing man good to hear that salute to that brother um for me just talking about this is just for me i'm, I'm so grateful for sports man sports uh i've said this on our first podcast like sports was my first love in life before music overtook everything in life yeah. like sports was my end all and be all like my father was into uh, like he was a really good field hockey player. He he played he was really good kabaddi player until he broke his collarbones, stuff like that. He got into deadlifting. Like some of my early childhood memories are of him doing deadlifting competitions, um, him doing a lot of like uh, long distance cycling, like the Tour de France shit. Like he used to do a lot of that oh, shit wow. in Norway. It's all hills, right? Yeah. So like he like he like we used to go from. Our our so like our neighborhood was Sulbararva, which is close to Drammen, and then Oslo is the capital of Norway. And we'd have friends who lived in the outskirts of Oslo, and we'd go there for like a dinner party. And my dad would be like, "Okay, I'm coming on the bike." Yeah, it's like a thirty to forty five minute fucking drive. <laughs> he would dip out like an hour before, and yeah. he'd meet us there. And I was just like, now that I think about it, I'm like, this is the shit. Why I was like, I was so intrigued into the sports, right? But the thing is, since the age of five, even just being raised in a country like Norway, which is so outdoorsy, like fucking cross-country skiing to fucking all types of winter sports and, and just sports in general. Like I grew up being introduced to so many things and football slash soccer became like my love. And it literally made me see a lot of places in the world that I never would have seen, but like it taught me a lot of fucking life lessons that I, I may not have ever learned or I would have learned way later or maybe I would have learned through some other things, right? But when my parents were busy at work, my oldest brother would drive me to my soccer games. To every single practice, my oldest brother would drive me to. And I just, I just wanted to work hard. My oldest brother, for those that do not know, he's, a handi he's handicapped from birth. 
with a rare disability where he wears, um, he wears braces on both his legs, right? One of the brightest individuals. What God took away from his body, he gave him extra brains. Like one of the smartest people I know. But he took me to every single one of my soccer games growing up, all sorts of sports, and he, he was always my biggest fan. And my biggest thing was I have the ability to play this sport. I can run on that field, which he can't, right? Like, yeah, he played in, like, handicap leagues, which they had in Norway and stuff like that. But my thing was seeing his joy of me being able to do the sport that he loved that he may not been necessarily been able to play, right? So I feel like that's what made me excel at it and made me want to grow at it. But it was also an outlet for the both of us. Right. It made him happy to be there with me and to see me accomplish things in that sport. Right. And to me, it was my accomplishment was seeing a smile on my brother's face. Right. Something to bond over. Yeah. Oh, bond yeah. over. Right. But it was like, you know, we, we both we both had that thing. He he was happy to see me. I was happy to see him. And it was, it was a great thing growing up. But on top of that, just sports in general. Right. Camaraderie. Knowing that it's just like when you're in in team sports, at least, yo, you know, fucking leaders, you learn leadership. You learn so many fucking life lessons through childhood sports. Whether you become so obsessed that it becomes, you become able to make it a full-time job going professional, right? But just fucking any kid in house league sports in whatever, whatever shitty league they're playing in. You're going to learn a lot by it. And it did a lot for me. And I'm sure it did a lot for a lot of youths who didn't know what the fuck their interests were. Right. And to that, I owe a lot to sports. It gave me the confidence that I have now in life. And and I hope that it does a lot of things for a lot of kids out there because it it definitely did a lot of things for me. And that's all I got. (laughs) (laughs) And we didn't get to to talk much about Wu-Tang. I know, man. But, uh, oh, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> <laughs> this one, this one master killer lyric just popped in my head, though, um, when you're talking about, like, the mind and the body and the connection. So he has a line where he says, let the mind use the physical as planned. Yeah. So I think that's kind of, like, the best encapsulation of, <laughs> of your mindset. With, Wait, who's with, your fra- favorite Wu member? Shit. It kind of varies. <laughs> like, all time, I'd say Ghostface. Okay. Ghostface. Right man. now, I'd probably say Jizza. All right. That's dope. That's yeah. Jizza, yeah. the older I got, the more I appreciated Jizza. Mine yeah. has always been meth. Yo, just meth, because, yeah. like, meth. meth my I shit my was like, too, man. I loved, like, meth was, his flow was so crazy. He could stand with you with the bars. It wasn't like he was yeah. dumbing it down. No. And he was just swagged out like a motherfucker, you yeah. know? So See, I was I like, like, I like, uh, I like ODB and Jizza. Those two ODB, are mine. man. Um, but, like, you have your phases. Like, Master Killer, like, his debut album, Master Killer, was one of my favorites. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Because it had Bruce Lee on it, too, right? Yeah. So, like, it's just I have my phases, but they're all yeah. amazing. Voltron, did, right? did you have that martial arts oh, uh, like, phase of your, your hardcore, hardcore Bruce Lee fan, right? Hardcore, man. My middle brother, like, he introduced me to, like, all the Bruce Lee movies, yeah. man. Like, we can talk about we can talk about Shaolin. You know what? You know what? Jaren Singh, this has been... Uh, we. You know what? We do this podcast so we can see who we gel with. <laughs> We're definitely going to have a follow-up podcast. Yeah. So 
we're going to try another thing once the seasons get going where we just kind of have round tables with people who have been on the show and that we okay. fuck with. And we're just going to have round table discussions like this where we just discuss <laughs> fucking Wu-Tang and martial arts, yeah, you know? And, but honestly, it's, honestly, uh, first of all, I want to thank you for coming through. I oh, know you got you a very guys. busy schedule. I know you take your clients very seriously. Yeah. That's why you've gotten to this point. But definitely... I hope you enjoyed your time in Cumble Studios, you oh, know? Amazing, like man. I hope you felt, felt at, at home, home. man. Yeah, at definitely. Home. <laughs> and that that's that's kind of why we I did it. I think I got that blue one. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, this is a hot commodity, man. After this we might auction this shit off, man. No, but honestly, I thank you for taking your time out of your busy day and coming to talk to us. This has really been uh informative for me. Like I this is the first time we've met. I've we've been acquaintances online for years now, yeah. but you know, the man that I thought you would be, you're fucking 10 times greater yeah, than that. that. So, you know, all the power to you. Noise. Yo, same, I echo the same sentiment. Jordan, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. We definitely got to have you back on. We talk music, talk chess, talk martial arts flicks. Um, and yeah, we got to make that Street Fighter game go down. I'm down, man. Yeah, any any last words for the public? Um, well, if you've been listening up until this point, you should know. You should have. You should have acquired enough yeah, mental. Yeah, you fucking jewels. dumb fuckers, man. Well, yeah, you should have figured it out by now. <laughs> no, no, I'm the kind of magic. <laughs> I know. Okay, on the real. If you're listening and, and, and you've you've come to this point, you should have acquired enough knowledge and wisdom to at least push forward one step forward. So yeah. that's that's my last thing. Most definitely. Sorry to ruin that for you, but you know? <laughs> and if you haven't, just go back and listen. To it. <laughs> yeah, listen to the podcast five times so you can get our numbers up. All right. <laughs> But with that being said, it's been a pleasure. Jaren Singh, Be Magic, Noise Hip Hop. This is the Immigrant Hustle Podcast. Okay.